What's good, everybody? Hope you're having a pleasant week wherever you may be. Welcome to the 615 Preps Mid-State 48, powered by Miracle Auto Group. We are in week number 11, believe it or not. And now I'm going to bring in the rest of the guys. And for the first time in a while, we've got a full house. Tom Duggan, welcome back, sir. Oh, it's good to be back, guys. It's uh, It's been a busy, rough few weeks, but uh, good to be back in the house and uh, get ready for the – is it the last week already, guys? Where did the season go? I don't know. I'll tell you, you blink and it's gone. Guys, I know officially the playoffs start next week, but for a lot of teams, the playoffs start this Friday night. Uh, a lot of winning in games this week. Yep. Yep. We are going to discuss a lot of those in an extra large size portion of who you got. Not our usual 10 games. We've got 15 this week just because there are so many that have huge playoff implications all over the area, and we'll get to those here in a little while. Um, before I do, though, I uh, want to talk real quick about last week. Um, Brentwood Academy, Answorth, Scott, you and I were there Thursday night. What a finish to that game Wow, on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, you know, what was it, uh, 21 seconds left? Uh, George McIntyre fourth ends up finding his tight end in the corner of the end zone after Ensworth had pretty much dominated play for a lot of the game. Yep. Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen it, uh, make sure you go to uh, our uh, YouTube uh, channel, 615 Preps YouTube channel. We actually have the, the video of that catch, of that throw and catch. Yeah, and honestly, though, the play a couple of plays before the fourth down conversion to keep that drive going might have been even more impressive because he was basically getting hauled down, finding a receiver and completing a pass to, to keep the game alive for Brentwood Academy. And they come away with a monster 10 to 7 win over Ensworth to to all but lock up that region. They still need to win this week to do so. But uh, they're in yeah, good huge, uh, huge question mark answered for that BA team there. Do Scott. Uh, didn't have a bad game, but wasn't as effective as they would have liked him to be. But George McIntyre stepped up uh, when it counted on that last drive and, and got him in the end zone to win that game. Yep. And you can't you can't forget that uh, Ensworth had chances to win that game, put it away. Uh, they had two field goals blocked and missed another one, which would have iced the game that late. Yep. Yeah, special teams played a big part in that game. But the B.A. got one blocked as well. So you know, the, the kickers had kind of a rough night. George Laster did make a long field goal of his own, but – he had another one blocked, and, and Ensworth's kicker had two blocked, which was tough. So, yeah, but a, a great finish to that one. One of the best games we've seen all year, just from even from a finish standpoint. Um, Friday night, you know, uh, I think Cam, you were. I said, I think Tom's power just went out. So, we're going to bring him down yeah. for just a second. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> he rose up that's, there. Our, that's our Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get him back here shortly. Uh, guys, talk about Friday night real quick. Um, you know, I was over at uh, Riverdale and East Nashville. Uh, kind of a surprising result the way you know, Riverdale beat East Nashville 30-12. to 12, But, uh, Scott, uh, talk about your game where you were at. Yeah, the uh, Smith County-Macon County game. Uh uh, very, very tough, uh, hard-fought game. Um, you know, Smith County came out uh, really, really well. Uh, you know, it, any any ideas that this is a, you know, three-yard and a cloud of dust team, uh, they put away. They threw the ball. Um, you know, they, the defense played extremely well. Making, you know, Gabe Borders did what Gabe Borders always does. He, he finds ways to score. He's got uh, moves on moves. Um, but it really came down to uh, a couple of plays. Um, 
you know, there was making had a chance to uh, score right before the half would have made it 28 20 a little bit of a controversial call on a on an interception that they called an interception and a fumble instead of an incomplete pass uh, didn't cost any points but it took uh, Macon County out of a, a good scoring position and then uh, late in the you know the second half was all uh, I mean it was all uh, one score. I'm sorry. It was one score. Macon County, Gabe Borders uh, had an 18-yard run. But uh, Smith County played well enough to win, hold them off, hold them off from getting another uh, another score. Uh, they did. They got timely first downs. Um, it was just amazing. A great coaching job by Matt Dyer. And the big thing there is – Macon County needed that game to have a shot at the region title because the, the tiebreaker that was going to be in play at the top of that region, they don't have that now, and, and they need the, the biggest of upsets to help them out this week if they were to have any shot at the region title. Uh, Cam, you were in Gallatin. You had Green Hill and Station Camp for uh, for their Week 10 game. Yeah, um, really, guys, it was the Caleb Carver show for Green Hill. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, early on, Station Camp uh, wins the toss and legs to take the football and uh, goes three and out relatively quickly, uh, and they punted to Caleb Carver. Uh, and as most teams that have tried to punt to Caleb Carver have learned, that's a mistake. Uh, he goes 65 yards for a touchdown, uh, not even a minute into the game, and Green Hill's up 7 nothing. Uh, Station Camp actually answered back just 20 seconds later on a big, long touchdown run by their running back uh, that I caught the tail end of. Um, tied up 7-7, stayed 7-7 for a good little bit into the second quarter. Uh, Green Hill put together a drive, drove down. Cade Mahoney goes in from two yards out. Uh, Green Hill takes a 14-7 lead into halftime. Uh, Green Hill receives the second half kickoff. Um, the two teams go back and forth. Uh, Caleb Carver winds up scoring on a bubble pass that he takes uh, about 55 yards for a touchdown Green Hill up 21-7 uh, at that point. Uh, Station Camp not going quietly in a must-win game for them to have kept their playoff hopes alive. Luke Dickens there that is really burst onto the scene for them this year. Uh, goes 55 yards on a touchdown run. Uh, does a great job of, of following his blockers. 21-14 uh, at that point. The ensuing drive by Green Hill. Caleb Carver catches a bubble pass on a third down play and goes 72 yards with it. Uh, and that is where we ended up at 28-14 Green Hill. Um, that was a must-win for Station Camp, but it was also sort of a must-win for Green Hill. Uh, guys, if Green Hill would have lost that game and lost against Mount Juliet, they would be sitting at home. Yeah, yeah. So it was ultimately, uh, you know, we talked about winning in games this week, but that was ultimately a win and end game last week that I was yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. I had that real East Nashville game. Uh, just real quick about that one. East Nashville never got settled in. They they fumbled three plays in. Riverdale scores a couple plays later, goes up 7 nothing, and doesn't really ever give it a lead. East Nashville had a chance to tie the game. Zach Beard had a one-yard touchdown run, but they missed the extra point. Uh, Riverdale got a field goal before halftime to lead 10-6, and then the, the Riverdale defense got after East Nashville pretty well in the second half and pulled away and won that one 30-12. Um Riverdale playing some pretty good football right now at the right time because they were really on the edge of not making the playoffs. And they're in a, a win and end game this week with, with Stewart's Creek. Uh, East Nashville has a region title game against Smith County on the road. So those two teams are both going to have big week 11 matchups that we'll talk about 
in who you got a little bit later on. Uh, guys, I'm going to bring up these new fresh off the press AP rankings that just came out today. And some changes over there in 6A, a couple of teams sliding up. Centennial moves up to number four after after last week, now eight and one for the Cougars. That's good. It's big for that program there. That I mean, they and they've got a, a, a big uh, matchup this week. So uh, if they want to stay there, they need to they need to win it this week. But and you know, they're playing very very good ball. Yeah, and we called our shot, guys. Uh, that win over Brentwood does bump Beach into the top ten there at number nine, uh, and that's still, in my opinion, probably a little low for them. Uh, they're definitely a team that uh, a lot of teams in Region Six. Uh, are trying to avoid Ravenwood dropping out. Yeah, the first loss to Pope Prep got them knocked out of the top ten. Uh, not really a, a super yeah. soccer there. No, what four? That makes four losses for Ravenwood this year. Uh, and guys, just look at the four losses. That's all you got to do. Oakland, Pope Prep, NBA, and Centennial. That's their four losses this year. Yep. Oakland still holding serve. They're in the animus number one, King Ridge number two, and uh, Blackman flipping back into the number 10 spot in 6A. Um, over in 5A, Knoxville West, the unanimous number one. Nolansville second for the second straight week. Uh, Mount Juliet to seventh as Page fell four spots after their shutout loss to Independence. Yeah, that's a good Knoxville West team, guys. They've been just knocking off everybody in really an impressive fashion throughout the course of the season. Uh, they're going to be a tough out, certainly come playoff time. But look at Nolansville sitting there at number two. And, uh, again, a few weeks back we were talking about kind of how quietly they had uh, – put together a really, really good season. Now people are starting to take notice just how good that Nolansville team is. And what about Mount Juliet? I think Mount Juliet's playing some great football. They've got that big game coming up with Green Hill this weekend and uh, region title on the line there. That's going to be a dandy game. Yep, yep. We'll be there for that one as well. And that those two regions, 5 and 6 and 5A, are setting to have some pretty nice playoff matchups in the first round. And it's something that right. we'll talk about once those brackets drop Saturday morning. Yeah, so. and it's relatively pretty tough looking too. I mean, it, if it so real quickly, I know we're going to talk about it later. That my Juliet Green Hill game. If Green Hill loses, they would end up the three. White County would host a playoff game, guys. Yep. yep. If Green Hill wins, they're the region champs. Mount Juliet's the two. White County's the three. Going to Page. Page would have to play the best running back in the state. In round one, mm-hmm. yeah, tough yeah. matchup. Yeah, really tough yeah. draw for, for the Patriots. I mean, also too, think about this: if Greenhill loses and stays three, they're going to Page in a rematch of that quarterfinal from last year. Yep, yep. So some good stuff over there in five A right now. On to four A, where you've got uh, Greenville as the unanimous number one. Pearl Cone is fourth. Macon County drops two spots to eighth, and sitting outside the top ten just barely is DeKalb County. Yeah, DeKalb County, uh, really, really close to, to pulling the one off uh, last weekend. Um, uh, they're they're still in, in in good shape, but it's uh, you know dropping out of that tie for tenth. It's understandable. Yeah, and guys, you know we talk about a team that's just outside of our coverage zone that uh, Tom knows a little bit more about, but that Upperman team had two or three rough weeks in a row there, but they have gotten that thing turned back around and definitely headed in the right direction. 
Yeah, and you mentioned DeKalb County. The three of the teams in their region are ranked number five, number seven, and number eight. Upperman, Stone Memorial, and Macon County. And they're all tied for first place in that region 4-4A race right now. Upperman this week will play Livingston Academy. But watch out for that DeKalb County Stone Memorial game that's coming up. We've got that one uh, on our list of games. I don't think it's in our top 15, but that's going to be one that uh, is going to be fun to watch. DeKalb County's got a chance to finish third. Uh, they can play a little bit of a spoiler there and help uh, help out that Upperman team. One thing that's hurting Upperman, uh, Cam, right now is they've lost a running back, Jackson Rollins. He's done for the season with a torn ACL. But they uh, didn't look um, – any less frightening last uh, Friday night as they went down to Walker Valley and got a seven-point win there. Yeah, that's the the beauty of that Upperman team is they did have Jackson Rollins, which is right up there with Malachi Dowles being one of the best running backs in the state. But, guys, when you have Terrence Dedman, I mean, he's not no slouch at all either. Yep. Uh, but uh, real quickly, the Stone Memorial team, they have one of the most dreaded things in a Week 11 matchup. If they win, they're region champs, guys. Yep, yep. If they lose, they're the four seed. Yeah. <laughs> Wild how that's working out. I mean, it's a, a lot of playoff possibilities. I mean, we've got some of those on our website as well, 615preps.com. 3A, it's Alcoa being unanimous number one. East Nashville dropped a spot after losing to Riverdale. They're now third. Smith County at six. And Fairview tied with Giles County for ninth. Uh, Fairview Waverly for number one in their region this week. Number, number nine against number five. Yeah, and I, I know they're outside our coverage area. He may not see it, but I want to shout out a former Trails County coach, Brad Wagner, with that Gatlinburg-Pittman team uh, up there at number two. Uh, great job of turning that program around. And one of the best venues in the state, guys. I don't know if you've seen pictures of their stadium, but it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and that East Nashville-Smith County game, three versus six for another region title. We'll pick that one here just a little bit. Over in 2A, it's a mess. Four teams, <laughs> first place votes. Hampton doesn't even have the most, but they sneak out at number one this week. Tyner is second despite having half of the first place votes handed out. East Robertson, number six, didn't move this week, and Westmoreland just outside the top 10 and 11th. It's a perfect display of what it is, guys. <laughs> Do any, any of these teams, including probably the other 22 that will make the playoffs, can win this thing? No. I, I don't think there's a clear-cut winner. Yeah, I yeah. think this is going to be a wide-open class. You know, 2A, there's going to be some teams. There's some teams that are not ranked that I think are pretty good. One that I've watched, uh, and again, right outside our area is Monterey. They've been on a tear here lately, and they've got another great running back. We talk about all these running backs uh, in this upper Cumberland area, but Mason Bowman's a young man that's closing in on 2,000 yards for the season. That's a good team. They're not even ranked. They're going to make some noise on the eastern side of the bracket. But as far as all the classifications I've looked at, to me, this is the most wide open of all of them. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, definitely have to agree with that. Uh, over in 1A, you know, Gordonsville's in there in ninth. They moved up a spot this week. Uh, Fayetteville number one with 11 out of 14 first place votes. McKenzie and Memphis Arts and Sciences having the other first place votes in 1A. Come on, Cam. Yeah, it's, guys, <laughs> nine beat eight by 21 points. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> Just doing the math. <laughs> Division two didn't move much this week. In fact, it didn't move at all. None, none of the teams in any of those three classes moved any spots. So not a lot to change here. Friendship Christian, all but one first place vote in single A. Lipscomb Academy unanimous in double A. NBA unanimous in triple A. So. Yeah, the only the only one that I see that is kind of 
it's not shocking because of the way their season started, but DCA is a top five team in Division Two One A. Yeah, well, they get Nashville Christian this week, yeah. so they'll get a chance to jump right back up into the top five, I would imagine, before the playoffs begin. So we'll see a lot out of those. Yeah, if there's an unranked team you don't want to see, that's that's the one. Yep, yep, there you go. Uh, we got some business to tend to real quick. Let's hand out the Player of the Week award, shall we? Sure. All right. As always, our Player of the Week award is presented by Miracle Auto Group. And like this week's schedule of games to pick, this list of candidates for Player of the Week is massive as well. There were 11 of them that were worthy of being a finalist. We don't usually put that many on the list, but uh, we figured yeah. how can we keep some of these kids off? You, you, there was there was literally no – usually there's a cutoff point, you, yeah. an obvious cutoff point. There wasn't in this week. Not with these. Mm-mm. Take a big deep breath so I can uh, rip these off real quick. Hank, <laughs> Hank Brown from Let's Give Academy, 464 yards and five touchdowns through the air, completed 34-42 passes. Phillips Academy's 43-21 win at CPA when they were trailing in the first half, but a big second half for the Mustangs allowed them to pull that one out. Blackman's Justin Brown caught two, caught 10 passes for 207 yards and three scores as they beat Cookle 47-21. I mentioned Caleb Carver from Green Hill had nine catches, 138 yards, two touchdowns, and that punt return for a touchdown in their win at station camp. Pope Preps Colin Cook, Nine catches, 195 yards, and two touchdowns as Pope Prep beat Ravenwood by two points. Stewart's Creek's Caleb Floyd, 204 yards and four touchdowns for the Red Hawks as they rolled over Wilson Central 56-14. to Summit's Dominic Hollis, 262 yards in the ground and three touchdowns on 13 carries as they shut out Shelbyville 48 to nothing. DCA's Ashton Jones, 329 yards rushing and three touchdowns on just 29 carries as they rolled 38-7 over Grace Christian. NBA's Marcel Reed, 14 of 27, 306 yards through the air, 13 carries, 83 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. He also threw two touchdown passes, by the way, so five total for Marcel Reed as they knocked off Baylor to stay unbeaten. Uh, His best target, Claiborne Richards, Eight catches, 214 yards, and two touchdowns in the Big Red win. Blackman's Jack Reisner, 22 of 31, 366 yards and five touchdowns. And Middle Tennessee Christian's Eli Wilson, 115 yards rushing on 12 carries and a touchdown. Three catches, 75 yards and a score, and also returned an interception, 90 yards for a score as they won over Wayne County. That's a lot. That's a lot. So Easy for you to say. Well, yeah, but uh, can we, you do all that again, Chris? I think oh. I might have missed a couple of those. Glad <laughs> <laughs> to have you back, Tom. Glad to have you back. <laughs> all right. So the fans voted, and they took Colin Cook for their pick this week, and he won by over a hundred votes. So another Pope Prep player getting that fan vote. Yep. Tom, you went with Hank Brown. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, the Liberty Commit, he had a, a great game, 464 yards, five touchdowns, as you mentioned. And uh, it's such a big game, a rivalry game between Lipscomb and CPA. There are a lot of great choices this week. There were two three others I looked at, but uh, in the end, I thought Hank Brown really stood out. Cam, you had Marcel Reed. I did. Uh, very close to picking Hank Brown also. I mean, in, down 21-7, to seven and he goes off, essentially, is what happens. Uh, but I picked Marcel Reed because of the caliber of game that it was. Uh, they needed everything that they got out of Marcel. And another reason why I picked this game, guys, that's probably a preview of the state championship game in, in D, D2 AAA. Very uh, well. And Marcel showed why he's going to play in the SEC. Very well could be. Yeah, good point there. Scott, you also went with Hank Brown. 
I did. You put up uh, near 500 yards passing, five touchdowns against uh, one of your top rivals um, in a game that you were down in. Um, it was just it was it was a yeah, it was a tough decision, but I think the right one. Yeah, and I, I nearly went with Marcel Reed myself, but I had to go and pick Hank Graham myself. I just I couldn't ignore what they did in the second half, especially considering that Lipscomb Academy was down all first half to CPA and, and to have that much poison, just not really panicking in, in that situation. It's a, it's a big deal, and Hank Brown, for that reason, gets a third vote for me and is going to get Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week honors week number 10. So congratulations to Hank. Uh, I've got some uh, hardware that I'm going to be swinging by over there at Lipscomb Academy very soon to drop off to you. And that is that for our player of the week. But what's not it for the sponsor who makes that happen? Let's hear from Miracle Auto Group real quick. Are you ready? Are you ready for a miracle? Wait. With current economic conditions, how do you find a deal? Pre-order and build it your way. Then get 5% off MSRP, but only when you pre-order now. New 2023 Jeep Gladiator and Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Jeep Adventure Days at Miracle, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep Ram, and Gallatin. Build it your way to get 5% off MSRP. Are you ready for the miracle? Bombs nice. Yeah. How, uh, they, you know, part of the proceeds go to uh, breast cancer awareness. Yep. That's that's yeah. great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's keep the train on rolling. Uh, we talked about classification stuff last week because the the numbers came out and they grouped everybody else. But teams had until yesterday to declare whether they're going to move up in class or not, and some did. So let's take a look at uh, some of those details and discuss them real quick. Now we mentioned the enrollment numbers came out last week. Division one was split evenly into six classes. That doesn't change. It won't change for another two years at least. Uh, Division two had numbers that they were split into by, based on defined enrollments. State office is going to set the region schedules for the next two seasons. Every school is going to play region game in week 11 the next two years. And on your screen, you see how those break down. Some will play Thursday. Some will play Friday. And in 2024, they'll swap. Biggest thing here is we should have region alignments before November 10th. In fact, may have them later this week, possibly, since those numbers are already out and the teams have moved up. Uh, the board of control meeting is November 17th. Schools can appeal if they disagree with their placement. And then the 21st of November, those region schedules will be finalized and posted to the TSSAA website. So the teams that were moved up. We were talking about Brentwood Academy and Answorth and, and Division II AAA. They did move up. Lipscomb Academy is going to join them next year in the biggest classification in the Division II. Yep. And I think they'll be able to compete, really, moving up that division. I mean, they have, uh, they're one of the best teams in the state, hands down, guys. I think Lipscomb Academy is not going to have any trouble moving up and competing in that classification. I, I think there's going to be some fun matchups. Matter of fact, it'll be interesting to watch them play the likes of NBA of Brentwood Academy, Ensworth, and such as that. Yep. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a power conference. I mean, you're going to – or conference, excuse <laughs> me, uh, a power, a power uh, classification region. Um you know, like you said, you know, Lipscomb, Brentwood, Lipscomb, Innsworth, Lipscomb, uh, you know, Pope Prep. You know, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, Coach Dilfer gets to put his best out against uh, NBA. It's it's going to be some pretty good football. I agree. 
Now, the, the thing to know about this classification is there's only going to be 11 teams next year. Pope Prep did not move up. They oh, that's right. Uh, a part, uh, excuse me, you're right. And they are going to be in double A, so they will not yep. be a part of triple A in the next two years. Um, Pardon my the, faux pas. The biggest, the biggest thing here is like which direction is in, does Lipscomb Academy go? Do they go east or west? Because you've got Ooh. Father Ryan and NBA and Answorth and Brentwood Academy all in the Nashville area. And they're not going to be in the same region because of the teams in Memphis and Chattanooga and Knoxville. That's a very good question. I would imagine if, I mean, if I'm having a place and I'm, I'm taking BA, Answorth, and Lipscomb Academy, well, no, I'll take BA and Answorth and moving them west, mm-hmm. and the other three go east because Lipscomb Academy and Father Ryan are, are a mile and a half apart. Right. There's no reason to separate them. And so basically, what would happen is <clears throat> Lipscomb would take Pope's place. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we look at the division one schools that moved up. Pearl Cone moved back up to four A, which was kind of expected. Uh White's Creek goes up to four A, so they're going essentially from two A to four A. Wow. Uh, James Lawson, which is formerly known as Hillwood, will go to five A next year. Dixon County goes from five A to six A. Also Northwest and Kenwood and Clarksville are gonna go to six A. Yeah, I wonder if White's Creek did that to try to limit Knowing that in region, if they would have stayed in 3A, their region games might have been a little bit further away. They may have done that as a geographical reason. Yeah, we saw that last time around with Jackson County doing the same thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say that you're probably spot on. And, you know, the interesting thing with uh, Kenwood Northwest is that they get to play, you know, the the other 6A teams in, in Clarksville. Yeah. Yeah, Clarksville may actually have its own region. Quite possible, and that'd be a good thing for them, obviously, for playoff seedings and, and all that Absolutely. stuff. Uh, we look at the teams that moved down again. You know, um, Beach and Henderson back down to 5A. Um, Centennial down to 5A, which is a really good thing for them. It's going to come in with Paige and Owensville. Yeah, those would be some good matchups there. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, there is an error on that screen. Dixon County is 6A. I've got them in both columns, so – Scott, you were the only weren't the only one to make a faux pas this week. That would mean you mean. Yeah, I just wonder what Hendersonville and Beach's uh, region might look like. They would be in there with Portland, um, possibly Springfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could I could certainly see that happening. Uh, I think Lebanon would be well. Lebanon, I think was going to be back in six A, so they'll be back yeah, in Old Mount yeah. Central. Yeah, we, that's the region that we were talking about. Uh, Nine triple A actually getting back together. Yeah, for the most part, it will. Gallatin will be over there as well with those yep. teams, those Wilson County schools. Uh, White House moved up. Watertown and White Creek moved up. Um, really see. surprised Watertown didn't bump up to four A. Uh, don't know exactly what their region might look like. They may be in a region with Sequatchie and some of those teams. That's a little bit so- more southern uh, based. Yeah, that's a that's going to be a bit of an odd region with the Watertown because they're kind of out of the way in a three A classification. There's not many three A schools really in that area. So, Cammy may be right. It, it may be a, a even a situation that they they flip flop with Smith County and uh, could go into that Maplewood region with East Nashville, possibly being that, or they could go to the southeast. So, I think a couple of ways that Watertown could end up going. I didn't think about the East Nashville region, but that is a possibility. I my thought was they take Cannon's place in that region with Sequatchie and Community and and those schools. Uh, I thought they were going to play up, guys. I mean, it would have made perfect sense for them to play up and been in the region with the Upper Men and Macon and 
uh, DeKalb. Yep. They they do move away from Trousdale County, right? I don't yep. know if that's a bad thing at this point. Well, how about I don't Smith know County? Well, what about Smith County is going to say moving in there with Trousdale County? I expect that's going to be the region there. They'll probably take that spot that Watertown has there mm-hmm. four two a and uh, uh, playing that region. And I think that's a big benefit for Smith County. We're seeing them at eight and one and three a this year. And I, I know you can't account for losses for your team next year, but I think that's a big step for Smith County uh, that they could be a true contender in two a. Yeah, for sure is Caden Powell. Uh, you know, I know he's just a freshman, guys, but. If nothing changes, that's a kid that may possibly may possibly win multiple Mr. Footballs in two A. I mean, that's the And he's also a kid that might get drafted in baseball. Yeah, considering the youth of that team and how they've improved so rapidly this year, yeah, yeah, totally agree, Tom. You're you're spot on with that. So, yeah, some interesting things to look for with the classification when we get these regions out. We'll we'll break some of those down as well, whenever that is before the next couple of weeks, but. Uh, That'll that'll do it for some classification talk. It's a little earlier than we usually do it, but um, let's pick some winners, shall we? Sounds good. Boy, howdy! It's a uh, it's an extra large size. Who you got this week? And let's uh, let's bring up these standings real quick, just to let everybody know how we are entering entering week number eleven. It's close to the top, boys. Yes. Except I don't know for, how that happened. Except for Reggie, but uh, you know, that's another story entirely. Uh, well, you got to understand that he's over 500. He is over 500. Yeah, that's an improvement from last year. Yeah, the, he, Reggie's not wrong. The world is wrong. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the way he views it. Yeah, there you go. Looking over last week's picks real quick, uh, Scott, you nailed Independence over Page, so good on you. Yeah, I, I just felt like it was. Uh, Independence has turned to, to turn it around last week. Their their backs were kind of uh, up against it. I thought they'd come out right. and fight hard, and they did. There you go. On to page number two, we all <laughs> whiffed on Macon County and Smith County. Every one of us did. Uh, yeah. Just one of those things. Like, they told us so, and we didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they told us again after the game, remember? Yes, they did. Very much so. <laughs> we, we heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, what are you going to do? Right on to the full season. Well, we're all uh, it's still fairly it's still fairly close. Plenty plenty of season left too. Also, with the playoffs coming up, there'll be a lot of games to pick. So, uh, I had White House here to jump. I think you have a typo on Scott. (laughs) What do you you mean? (laughs) Yes, 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 we do. Wow, yes, we do. Wow, losses. Scott has been picking games nationally. That's why he's got so many more games than the rest of us. Why is Scott under 500? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know whether to be impressed or really sad. (laughs) We're just going to laugh at it. How am I just 14 behind? (laughs) That new math, Scott. It's a new math. Yeah, it's got letters in it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Letters and letters and figures and symbols and all that good stuff. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was good at math, but apparently I sucked. I don't know. <laughs> all right, let's let's pull the train back on the on the rails for a minute before it gets oh, too far God. gone. Let's get into our schedule for this week: Centennial and Brentwood. And I'm going to start us off. I I debated about picking 
Brentwood here, but I went with Centennial. I think just this team's on a roll right now, playing really good football. That loss to Independence, you know, I think kind of galvanized them, and they've been sharp the rest of the way since then. They're number four and six A for a reason. And I think they're going to prove Friday night that uh, they might very well be just be- the best team in this region. So I-, I expect a low scoring game, but I think Centennial wins. Uh, Scott, you're up. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree with you. I think Centennial, their defense is, uh, it, it, you know, they can play with Brentwood's defense, uh, especially uh, Keegan Scruggs. You know, he they've got 20 sacks, 20 and a half sacks on the season. Keegan Scruggs got seven and a half of them. Yep. I just think that, uh, you know, as far as defenses go, Centennial can play with them. And Tanner Lee is the real deal at running back. All right, Tom, you're up. Centennials won six in a row. They have been playing really good ball of late. In fact, when you look at their schedule overall, their only loss was uh, to Independence by, by three points at that several weeks ago. Centennial playing great ball. You know, guys, I remember watching this team last year and, and thinking there was some talent there, but they they just felt like they needed a little more time. And I think that uh, the maturity having aged a year, this Centennial team playing really good football, and I think they may make some noise in the postseason as well. Yep. Cam? Yeah, this one, uh, you hit it right on the head, Scott. This one is a defensive battle. Um, the reason I go Bruins, a little bit better resume for me. A uh, little, little bit tougher competition, uh, and they're at home. This this was almost a 50-50 pick em, and in a 50-50 pick em, you go with the home team. All right. Yep. Let's see Reggie's got this week. He is taking Centennial as well. So, Cam, it's uh... – you're, you're in the court for Brentwood and everybody else has the Cougars. Davidson Academy at CPA. This will determine third place in that middle region in Division II AA. I'm taking CPA. I think they've played a lot better since those losses earlier on in the season. I don't really look at last week as a, as a setback for them because they did play strong in the first half. Uh, they just had a better team on the other side. So, uh, the way CPA is playing, I think they'll win this game and get number three. Scott? Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, Engel Martin teams always seem to learn and apply lessons that, uh, from losses. Uh, you know, mistakes they made will be corrected. I would look for Asher Keck and Cruz Laws to, uh, Cruz Law to see the majority of action this game attempt to wear down the Bear defense. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with the, with the Lions as well. All right, Tom. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions as well. And uh, the only question mark I might have had is, you know, where are they mentally after losing that 21-7 lead against Lipscomb Academy last week? But I think this is a good football team. Chris, you mentioned that they played a lot better since early in the season. It's hard to look at CPA and see a 4-5 and five record. They're much better than that record indicates, I do believe. Of course, they always play a tough schedule. I like CPA. Yeah, I mean, Davidson Academy is also turning around midseason. However, CPA – takes this one. Uh, Cruz Law is, is the difference to me. I, I think they're going to come out. Uh, he's On the defense side, he's he's a stud. But on the offense side, he doesn't quite get used as much as I think you may see him used in the playoffs. You know, the playoffs are a different kind of football. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that. Uh, the physicality of CPA and being able to, to grind out opponents, I like CPA to win this one. All right. Reggie's with you. He's taking the Lions. Typical cat move. Yeah, that's uh, two cats. Yeah, uh, the cats stick together apparently. So it's clean sweep for CPA in those picks. DCA Nashville Christian. I'm going to take Nashville Christian, although I really thought about taking DCA here. This may be one of the best games of the week between these two teams. They played a seven-three game in this game in the last week of regular season last year. I don't think they're going to play that low scoring game again. 
the way Nashville Christian has thrown the football around with Jared Curtis, they're going to score more than three points, I believe, this week. But I do think DCA keeps this game competitive. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to go DCA, and the reason that you know, you know they're a wild uh, the Wildcats are run team first, and you know the the strength of their interior line. We knew that uh, youth was going to be an early issue. Uh, we're in the third quarter now of uh, Coach Wade's system. Uh, the team's learning on the job. Uh, they have uh, a good defensive back, but truth be told. I think the leadership of Ashton Jones is a difference difference maker. It's just hard for me to count the Wildcats out when uh, when he's on the field. Tom, this one was one I went back and forth on a little bit. Uh, I like DCA the way they've been playing, but Nashville Christian they've reeled off seven straight wins after they started zero and two, and I think we all kind of were scratching our heads a little bit about them after. The- their start to the season, but they lost to a really good FRA team right out of the gate. We now we know how good FRA really is, and they also lost to Good Pasture, who's had a pretty nice season as well. So I think Nashville Christian's playing some really good football. I look for this to be a tight ball game, but I'm going to go with Nashville Christian. All right, Cam. Yeah, guys, this is going to be a matchup, uh, really a superstar versus superstar. Ashton Jones versus Jared Curtis. Uh, I like Jared Curtis uh, to be able to put up. Enough points to be able to beat uh, BCA. All right. So let's see what Reggie's got for this week. And he, yeah, the cats stick together. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> BCA. Evidently. And, and mind you, this was all Reggie. I had nothing to do with this. And, and let's just be honest here. At this point, are we surprised? Because I'm not. No. All right. No. East Nashville at Smith County for that region title in uh, Region 5, Class 3A. I'd said last week I'm t- picking East Nashville to further notice, and yeah, they lost, but I still think East Nashville does win this game in this region. Smith County has been one of the most improved teams in the state, regardless of classification this year, in my opinion. I still think East Nashville is a state title contender, despite what happened last week. I'm not backing down from that. I'm taking the Eagles. Scott? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I said last week I thought this team was due for a letdown game, and, and lo and behold, it happened. Uh, you know, they were coming off a of bye week. Smith County's looming on the horizon. Regardless, and as much as coaches will tell you that you you know that uh, you know they don't want to lose, this loss may have come at the right time. Uh, we'll see how this team bounces back from adversity, but I expect a big game out of Zach Beard and Frank Gordon this week to neutralize the size of the Owls. Yep, Tom. Well, that's going to be the you know those matchups for Smith County. Smith County's got a lot of size, and guys, I thought about this game long and hard. Smith County's been playing well. They're only lost week two to DeKalb County. They are a big football team. It's going to be down in the hole. There's going to be a big crowd there cheering them on. You know, it's going to be an atmosphere that uh, East Nashville's going to have to kind of adjust to once they get in and get going. But I think from a talent perspective, East Nashville's got enough to get it done, and uh, I think they're going to do it on the road and uh, win that region, Region Five Three A race. All right, Cam. Guys, I agree with everything you said. Every, everything you said. East Nashville is a title contender. East Nashville is the more talented team. Uh, but I'm tired of hearing Matt Dyer say that everybody picked against him. I'm going with the Owls uh, to get it done in the hole. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair take, enough. One, take one for the team there, Cam. Good job there. Yeah. Reggie's he's going to go with you, though. He's taking Smith County as well. So, uh, Matt Dyer, if you're listening, don't say we didn't pick it. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one Fairview Waverly now Waverly's outside their coverage area but this is too big a game to leave off this list uh, both teams in the top 10 
in 3A on the other side of that bracket. And if you're watching the East Nashville Smith County game, you're keeping an eye on this one as well if you're thinking ahead. So I went back and forth on it and I went Fairview for a while, went Waverly for a while, but I ended up settling on Waverly just because I felt like this team's kind of being slept on a little bit. Fairview's crept up into the top 10 and got a little bit more to love, but Waverly's a tough place to win. Scott? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I agree as far as, uh, Waverly, they're bringing a senior, uh, seniority laden team into this game. Uh, they give it, you know, a chance to give a region, uh, championship back to the community, which, uh, I get, bet you on, is on their mind. Easton Elliott is a beast in the backfield over 1500 yards. Uh, and I believe he had as of week six, like a 245 yard per game average. If the, if the, the, uh, stats are right. But it, when you look at the resume, it's just not as impressive when you look across at the Yellow Jackets. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I know that Chris Hughes was concerned about the youth of his team at the beginning of the year. They've grown a bit. Uh, you know, the losses to Page and Westview's, Westview aren't that uh, surprising. Uh, their defense is playing extremely well. Um, I look for senior running backs, Layden Grant and Crawford Claxton to get the ground game going. And don't rule out a little trickeration from Chris Hughes uh, if the opportunity presents itself. All right, Tom. Waverly's got the home field advantage for sure, but I tell you what, I say it a lot, defense wins championships. Fairview's defense has allowed only 16 total points in the last four games combined, 32 points allowed in the last five games combined. They're playing fantastic on that side of the ball. When the defense is playing that good, I always ride the defense. I like Fairview. All right, Cam. I agree uh, with what Tom and Scott says in this matchup. Uh, definitely the better resume for the Fairview Yellow Jackets. And the difference in this one, you know, I believe in our preview show, we mentioned that Fairview may be one of those teams that's a year away. Uh, however, their two losses are to Page, which is a number seven ranked team in 5A, and Westview, which is, I think, number four in 2A. Guys, they it, the resumes aren't even close. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the Yellow Jackets to get it done. All right. Reggie's going with me. He's taking Waverly on this one. So uh, at least a couple of us going with Waverly. The three of y'all are taking Fairview. Uh, before we continue, let's go real quick and hear from Innovate Medical. Keeping it rolling. Gallatin at Clarksville next on our list. Uh, this one for second place in that region. Clarksville has it. Gallatin wants it. I'm taking Clarksville. I'm going with a better offense here. Uh, Gallatin's going to have to try to find a way to outscore Clarksville. I'm not sure they can. Scott? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and uh, the Green Wave, uh, they have significant talent, but they've just been incredibly unfortunate, whether it's penalties, turnovers, or injuries. You know, Lebanon for six fumbles, two of them they lost in two picks. Galton's just not playing uh, dis, uh, disciplined football at this point. Clarksville, Jamar, Carnell, uh, likely the best back in uh, Montgomery County. I'm taking the, uh, the Wildcats. Tom? As I mentioned, I like good defense, but good offense wins games too, and the Clarksville's got it going on right now. They've won four in a row and six out of seven. I'm riding Clarksville. All right, Cam? Yeah, guys, if Galton plays a disciplined, straightforward football game, they can win this game. And it, it's gonna, it would be a close game if that happens. Uh, they've not been able to do it consistently, and that is why I'm going with Clarksville. Uh, Clarksville come out of the gate, uh, had a couple 
tough opponents early on in the season, but they've really found their stride here in, in the second half of the year. All right. Reggie makes it a clean sweep. He takes Clarksville as well. Gordonsville at Clay County, uh, that big region title match in last 1A Region 4. I'm taking Gordonsville. I feel like that this team is really steadily built up since those first two losses to begin the year. Uh, going to Salina is a tough place to play, but I think Gordonsville is battle-tested and will be ready for it. Scott? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, Matthew Albritton, you know, senior quarterback, senior leadership back there, 1,000-yard passer. Uh, they got a bull in a china shop, Kanan Musgrove, a wrecking ball with eight scores on the year. I just think that uh, Gordonsville's got a little – a little too much firepower. Although, you know, the Clay County defense is spectacular. Tom? Exactly. The Clay County defense is spectacular. Former Smith County coach Mike Dickerson coaches that side of the ball. Bruce Lamb, who had a lot of great teams at Livingston Academy, is the head coach of Clay County. Jimmy Maynard, who was at Smith County, then at Cookville, is the offensive coordinator. They got a fantastic coaching staff. This defense, is, I think, has three shutouts on the year. They've only given up double-digit points twice. they got an outstanding quarterback in Keaton Arms. They can run and throw the football. You know, this is one that everybody's been looking forward to since back in the summer. I think Clay County wins this game. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season, but I believe Clay County's the better team. All right, Gamp. Tough matchup here, guys. Um, if you asked me this three weeks ago, I'm picking Gordonsville, no problem, no question asked. Uh, Clay County with a really great statement win over a York team that's going to be in the 2A playoffs. Uh, actually won that game by 30, guys. Uh, and, you know, that's something that for a 1A school, if they're doing that, they're, they're going to have a shot to, to make a run in the playoffs. However, I just love Matthew Albritton in the, in the senior leadership of that Gordonsville team. That's why I leaned Gordonsville in this matchup and a matchup that may turn into a shootout. Yep. Yeah. Reggie picked Gordonsville. You know why. <laughs> That's two cats in a row again. You can't right. pick dogs three, over cats for it's sure. Three, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, yeah, three for three on the cats this week for Reggie. We keep you scoring home. Harpeth at Westmoreland. I thought about going Harpeth this week because this is a game they can win with Jaden Petty back there, maybe the best player on the field. But Westmoreland's defense is still pretty darn good. I, I don't look past that East Robertson loss as a bad thing for them. It might have been good for them to kind of recycle and reload for the playoffs. I think Westmoreland needs that number two seed, and then they'll get it. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Um, it's amazing how both seasons kind of took a little bit of a turn when both of them faced East Robertson. Um, yeah, but uh, it I, I've looked at, you know, just the body of work, and it doesn't bode well that the worst offensive output for Har Harpeth came against a Watertown team that held them to like 45 yards of offense. I think Cameron Eden is a special player. He's one of those generational players that elevates his team on both sides of the ball. I look for the Eagles to get out early with Eden and Eli Stafford and then clamp down on the Indians. Um, yeah, Harpeth, you know, they had a great start to the season. They've had a great football season for sure. But once they got into the meat of the schedule, they started struggling just a little bit. Westmoreland's been pretty consistent this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They got just enough weapons to get this done. I think they win it over Harpeth. All right, Cam. Yeah, I mean, the previous 10 weeks, the story about Westmoreland has been their defense. I think this week their story is their offense. I think Cameron Eden comes out and has a monster game at home to uh, get Westmoreland their first home playoff game in quite some time. All right. Reggie's taking Harpeth, so he's taking a shot with the Indians this week. He'll, he'll hang his hat with the Harpeth Indians in that matchup. 
McGavick at Laverne, winners in, losers out. It's that, that it's that simple in six A. I'm going with McGavick. I, I feel like the McGavick is is in the spot to win it. Laverne's played well as of the last couple of weeks, but McGavick has too much firepower, especially with Demetrius Bell. I like McGavick here. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, I mean, you look at Laverne, they have speed and they have hope, and that makes them dangerous. I mean, let's face it, we didn't see uh, the game at Overton coming either. That being said, I think that McGavick just has too much firepower, Demetrius Bell, and uh, with Marcellus Bass. I, I just think that there's uh, – they play – if they play well and maintain discipline, they shouldn't have a problem with Laverne. All right. After I looked at this game, after I actually made my pick, went back, did a little homework on it, you know, Laverne's got a 2-7 and seven record, but guys, they played a pretty tough schedule this year, and they've been very competitive throughout the course of the year. That said, though, McGavick has had a nice campaign. You mentioned the weapons that they do have on the offensive side of the ball. I think this may this game may be closer than a lot of people would think looking at the two teams' records. I'm going to go with McGavick, but I wouldn't be surprised if Laverne wins this game. Beach awaits the winner of this one. Cam, who you got? I agree exactly with what Tom said. Uh, to me, consistency is the word for me, and I think McGavick has been more consistent on the offense side of the ball, so I like McGavick to win this one. All right, and Reggie is also going with the Raiders and McGavick, so a clean sweep for McGavick in that pick. Ravenwood Independence, there's that Region 7 Class 6A mess that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Um, they can finish first, second, third, or fourth, depending on what happens with the other game that we'll talk about shortly, but uh, – I'm going with Ravenwood. I still think the experience is there. The, the Raptors need Carter Pace is going to have to have another monster game. Uh, Cartoon Chapman, same thing for him if he's in there. Um, Independence is going to play well and keep this thing close. And I won't be surprised if they win it, but I'm going with the more experienced team here. I'm going with Ravenwood. Yeah, I, and I I went back and forth on this game. I, I really did. Um, Independence is kind of an enigma wrapped inside a puzzle, smothered in secret sauce. I mean, honestly, they, uh, you know, everything about this team screamed region champion, but they've been snake bit. Uh, they've kind of righted a little bit with Brooks Sapone. He's been solid behind center, but he has just two more TD passes and he has interceptions. That being said, you know, will we see Chris Parson again? I think they missed Cartua Chapman on the edge with Chris Parson behind center. I just think that uh, – I just think Indy has uh, – I expect him to play run blitz on Carter Pace and uh, and shut down the Raptors. Tom? I tell you, these two teams have been an enigma for me all season long. It seems like I, 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 I have confidence in one, and they burn me, and then both of them have done it throughout the course of the year. Uh, you know, in, Independence is coming off that shutout win over Page. I thought that was a nice win for them last week. But I love the talent of Ravenwood. I, I really did go back and forth and back and forth on this game. Finally just settled on Independence. They're playing at home. Both teams, to me, have talent, but both have uh, been a little bit up and down at times this year. And uh, as wild as the season has been, anything could go in this game Friday night. All right, Cam? Yeah, tough matchup to pick here, guys. Probably the toughest uh, matchup to pick for me. Um, I really like this Independence team coming into the season. Loved them. I actually mentioned them as a uh, dark horse to make a run at, at uh, Chattanooga and Ravenwood. Of course, if Chris Parson doesn't get hurt, who knows? They may beat Centennial. They may be, you know, trying to clinch a region championship here in, in this game. Uh, 
but you talk about back and forth. This is such a back and forth matchup that I'm gonna need you to show me my pick. <laughs> Remember who I picked. <laughs> that would be the Raptors. So you did take Ravenwood in this one. <laughs> Honesty, you gotta love it. <laughs> yep, for sure. Well, Reggie took the Eagles in this one, so he's gonna side with Scott and Thomas picking independence. On to our final page of picks this time. Smurda to Overton. Uh, that's number two up for grabs in 6-6-A. I'm taking Smyrna. I did like this Overton team. I think if they can get Juice Majors back at some point in the playoffs, he's going to be a difference maker. But he's not quite there yet, and I think Smyrna will, will win this one and take number two. Scott? Yeah, the, the Smyrna defense is, is uh, what – you know, what I was leaning on. I think they've done a tremendous job. Uh, Arian Carter, uh, Jason Marable, I believe. Um, if I'm not incorrect, I apologize. If I'm incorrect, I apologize. If I'm not incorrect, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the, the smarter defense is just, uh, just amazing. And I think that uh, they'll do the job this week. Yeah, I'll I tell you, I love I love Smyrna's defense. Aaron Carter, I just don't think you can heap enough praise on that young man and just how talented he is. Getting it done on both sides of the ball, he leads that great defense. But uh, then, uh, you know, he's, he's 100 yards plus usually every night at running back as well. Overton has had a nice season. They put together a six and three year. And uh, again, Chris, like you say, they can get healthy. They can make some noise in the playoffs. But I just don't think they got the firepower to take down Smyrna. Yeah, it's a matchup thing for me, guys. Uh, if the Smyrna secondary wasn't as strong as it is, I may have leaned Overton in this matchup. But because of the strength of that Smyrna secondary, I like Smyrna to get it done. All right. Reggie's going with the Bulldogs as well, so clean sweep for Smyrna over Overton in these picks. Stewart's Creek at Riverdale. Uh, you know, winners in, losers probably out, depending on what happens with it other games in that region, but most likely loser is going to have their season end in this one. I'm going with Riverdale. Their defense has played a lot better the last couple of weeks. Stewart's Creek's offense has been very good this past month, but I'm going with the experienced defense on the Riverdale side. I, I think that they'll get this done and, and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. I, last week showed me something out of Riverdale. They were able to shut down a very high-powered offense, and I think that their defense just has a little too much. Uh, I expect this to be a close game. I expect Floyd and Odie to, to, to play well. I expect Sears Creek to run the ball, but uh, that Riverdale defense is just something else. Yeah, I think after struggling to open the season, Riverdale's got it together, and it is their defense that's leading the way. I was surprised by the result. I had East Nashville in that game last week, but uh, Riverdale really shut down that offense, and uh, I, I like the way they're playing right now, and I think they're starting to peak at just the right time. I like Riverdale. All right. Cam? Guys, this Riverdale team um, really surprised me last week against East Nashville. Uh, Stewart's Creek is red hot. Red hot. But Coming from Trousdale County, I tend to lean towards the side of tradition, and tradition is definitely on Riverdale's side. Riverdale finds a way in the playoffs. All right. And Reggie is going to go with the Red Hawks and give Stewart Creek a little love here. So not a clean sweep for Riverdale in those picks. Speaking of Trousdale County, there in Watertown, it is win and in, lose, and your season's done. Um I thought for about two seconds about picking Trousdale County, but I'm taking a team that has more depth than Watertown's got it. 
Yeah, I, I like the Watertown defense here. I think uh, uh, Caden West is a, is a really good running quarterback. I think that Trouser County will struggle to stop him. Um, you know, can you believe it? The season that Trousdale County has had, I mean, we don't see this from the boys on the Creek Bank, but yet still they win Friday night. They're going to the playoffs. Just that alone, I'm like you, Chris. I almost picked Trousdale County, but when I look at this, I just think, as you mentioned, Watertown's got the depth, and I think they've just got too much talent. I think they're going to win this game, but I would not be surprised if Trousdale County hangs in there. Again, Cam, you mentioned tradition. Riverdale's got tradition. Trousdale County's got tradition. I still like Watertown, but I think Trousdale will put up a fight. Yeah, we're talking about the word tradition, right, guys? And 34 years in a row, Trousdale County's made the playoffs. They found a way into the playoffs. Uh, this year has definitely not a been a great year at all for the Yellow Jackets, but they've gotten better. Uh, I have continued to follow that team. They've gotten better. Numbers are down, but they are progressing. They've, they're have they a pretty solid team defensively for the most part. Um, but when we talk about tradition, traditionally, the last four years, i got to throw a little shade here, guys. Traditionally, the last four years, Trousdale County has ended Watertown season. Yeah, and they could do it again, albeit in a more uh, demeaning way. If you, if yeah, you... uh, another tradition, though, Watertown beats Trousdale County in the playoffs all those four years. Watertown ends the streak. Mm, there we go. Who did Reggie pick? Yep, he picked Watertown, too. So Reggie's making a queen, clean sweep for the Purple Tigers in that pick. Now, with the picker week this week, we have two spotlight games, one Thursday, one Friday, our Thursday nighter. Middle Tennessee Christian at Friendship Christian. 8-1 against 9-0 in Division II single-A's East Region over there in Lebanon to see who takes that region title. Um, Middle Tennessee Christian has been very good all year, and, and we kind of haven't talked about them a lot, but they're in this position because they deserved it. Uh, but Friendship Christian's a different animal. They've played outstanding football. They're the favorite in class single-A in my mind right now, and I think Friday night's going to be a reason why they show it. Uh, I'm taking the commanders. Scott? Totally agree with you. I think that Eli Wilson, uh, uh, definitely the straw that stirs the drink for a Middle Tennessee Christian. But I think the weapons on the Friendship Christian side, Garrett Weekly, Brock Montgomery, Tyson Walcott, those guys are all, uh, you know, they can beat you in so many ways. And I think that uh, they're just too good uh, right uh, at this moment. Yeah, you know, Friendship Christian has taken on all comers this year. They're standing at 9-0. They're the number one team in their classification. You know, last week, they easily handled a Lakeway Christian Academy team that I saw just a few weeks ago that's really not a bad football team at all. Uh, they put up a good fight against Monterey, and Friendship had no trouble with them. They've rarely had any trouble with any opponent throughout the course of the season. I say all that, and Middle Tennessee Christian is sitting at 8-1. and one. They've been playing great football of late, but I just feel like Friendship Christian really is head and shoulders above everybody. I think they win this one, and I think they win it comfortably. All right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's sort of a repeat for me. Uh, Friendship Christian this year has had the opportunity uh, a couple times to make a statement. You know, early week two against Grace Christian, uh, the game against DCA, 43-8, to eight, and you, we've seen what DCA has been able to do since then. Uh, this Friendship Christian team is dead set on a mission, and that mission is Chattanooga, and they need to win this game so that way all the games come through Purtle Field for them to get to Chattanooga. I think they get it done. All right. Let's see. Who did Reggie pick this week? Well, we're going to find that here in just a minute. 
Let's go on to another spotlight game on Friday night, which is Mount Juliet and Green Hill, that citywide rivalry over there in Mount Juliet. Green Hill is going to host it. It was a close game last year. I think it's going to be a close game again this year. Mount Juliet's out for blood. I just don't know that they're going to get it at home. I like Green Hill to win at home in a very close ball game. That could be about as exciting as we see all year. Scott? Yeah, I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, Green Hill has all the weapons, but I'm going to have to have you show me that pick. <laughs> That's what I thought. There we I, go. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were 15 this week, Chris. Yeah, there uh, were. There were. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I took Mount Julie because I, I think their defense is uh, is just a shade better. Their linebackers, I think they'll do a good job of locking down uh, uh, the uh, Lambert, and uh, and they'll keep uh, uh, the. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll punt away, <laughs> punt out of bounds every time. Uh, so I, I just like the Golden Bears in this game. Boy, I tell you, I love Green Hill. I love what they've done with that program in a very short amount of time, what Coach Crouch has done there. The facilities are fantastic. I love everything about that school over at Green Hill. This game, guys, I'm telling you, this this is turning into a really good rivalry game. I love the way Mount Julian is playing football right now. I just think that um, they've gotten better and better as the season has gone along, and I, I think they're playing the best ball right now. I wanted to go with Green Hill because they're playing at home, and it is such a big rivalry game. I just feel like that uh, John Michael Crudup and company are going to have a big game come Friday night, and I think Mount Juliet is going to take this one on the road in a tight one. All right, Cam. Yeah, after seeing that Green Hill team last Friday, guys, uh, Caleb Carver is one of the best athletes that I've seen this year in person. Um, but I also think that Coach uh, Perry over at uh, Mount Juliet knows not to punt the ball to him. Uh, and I also think that uh, the secondary matchups are very favorable for Mount Juliet. Uh, the question in this game uh, we didn't get to see a lot of Brax Lamberth against uh, Station Camp last week. Mount Juliet has struggled at times against the run this year. Um, Malachi Dow going for over 300 yards against them. Uh, if Green Hill can run the ball, they can win this game because I believe Mount Juliet will key on Caleb Carver and and Cade Mahoney and Brax Lambert will, will have to win this one on the ground. Um, just too many weapons, too good of a defense. I'm going Golden Bears. All right. I apologize for getting up and leaving, but uh, the boss needed to go outside. Mm. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one you're about to show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, glad you brought that up because, well, let's just see who Reggie picked real quick. Uh, where is that video? He picked two games this week. So the, for the first time ever, you're going to get double dose of Reggie, and we tried it a little bit differently. If I can find that video, we'll pull it up. So enjoy Reggie's picks for both our spotlight games. He's hoping to make his first selection, and he has. If he'll get out of the way, we'll tell you who he is. The kibble's not doing it anymore. I had to go cheese. <laughs> He's a diva. 
It is the Green Hill Hawks. So Reggie actually takes a bird team for the first time in a while. Which is not correct. He took the owls. <laughs> Turn it around for this one. Yeah, sped it up right here for dramatic effect. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would eat like he that. Again. He's looking. And he's well, we thought he was gonna choose that side. Now he's back now he's back over here. I say that's a pick. So let's see who he chose. Reg. Hold on, let me pull that out for you. He has chosen uh, Milton C. Christian. Of course. It's a cat. Yep. There you go. Enjoy your cheese, Reg. I want to make my picks like Reggie from now on. I want <laughs> I want treats to help me determine. <laughs> I couldn't do any worse than I've done this season Reggie for sure. The Green Hill Hawks and the Milton C. Christian School Cougars. <laughs> yeah spoken again like a true cat yep <laughs> so Reggie takes Middle Tennessee Christian and Green Hill in our spotlight games this week well, let's uh, let's review all of our picks for all 15 games we've all got Centennial over Brentwood and CPA over Davidson Academy up, We're split. Up, up. Cam's got Brentwood oh, yep I'm blind I'm, I'm getting old um, got Brentwood over Centennial. The rest of us have Centennial. There we go. We'll correct that. We've, they've all got, we've all got CPA over Davidson Academy. Uh, Scott and Reggie are on DCA. The rest of us on Nashville Christian. Cam and Reggie have Smith County over East Nashville. The rest of us are on the Eagles. I'm taking Waverly. Reggie's taking Waverly. And the rest of y'all are on Fairview. We've all got Clarksville over Gallatin. Tom's going with Clay County over Gordonsville. The rest of us are on the Tigers. Reggie's going with Harpeth over Westmoreland. The rest of us are on the Eagles. We're all taking McGavick over Laverne. I've got Ravenwood. Cam's got Ravenwood. And the rest of them have Independence over the Raptors in that one. On page three, it's a Smyrna sweep over Overton. Reggie picks Stewart's Creek over Riverdale. The rest of us are on the Warriors. We've all got Watertown over Trousdale County. Reggie's got Middle Tennessee Christian over Friendship Christian. The rest of us are in the Commanders. And Reggie and I and Cam are on. Actually, Cam, you picked Mount Juliet. That's incorrect. I did. Okay. Cam's got Mount Juliet. Tom's got Mount Juliet. Scott's got Mount Juliet. The rest of us on Green Hill. So let's get rid of that. That's that's all the damage we can do for a week. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. We went through a lot in a little over an hour so before we get out of here let's give you guys one final word for this show scott i'll start with you okay um just a just a message about uh player player of the week um you know we really need scores to to justify uh and and verify stats um you know so if you're if a, a member of your favorite team didn't make it or uh, you're, you're wondering about somebody, uh, it, it's because we can't verify the stats. So uh, you can always give us a heads up. If you've got somebody, we will try to verify it, but without verification, we can't do a whole lot. So just want to let you know, you know, we try and try to find and make sure we spotlight everybody 
it's just it's not easily done all right tom i'm gonna let you go next hey if you like playoff football let's be honest this is really the first week of the playoffs there's a lot of win and get in scenarios there are a lot of region championships on the line this week so it's a good week if uh, you've been waiting around a playoff time to get out and watch high school football, this is the week to start it. Uh, again, you've got a lot of games with a lot on the line. You talk about East Nashville and Smith County with Region 538 there on the line. Gordsville Clay County is going to be a fantastic ball game. Mount Julia, Green Hill, one of our spotlight games. Middle Tennessee Christian, Friendship Christian. There are games all throughout the state of Tennessee with playoff implications, championships on the line. I know the playoffs don't officially begin until next Friday, but let's be honest, there's going to be a lot of football playoff atmospheres this Friday night. All right, Cam, you're up. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, Tom. Uh, week 11 is here, guys. Uh, this is playoffs for a lot of teams, a lot of win and in, you know, lose and go home games. Uh, what I want to talk about is the weather is starting to cool down. Uh, the teams with the power run games are going to start having more of an impact uh, in a colder weather setting. Uh, there's so many games across our area this week that we picked 15, we could have picked 25. Uh, and that's being honest with you. Uh, one game that we did not talk about that I want to officially make the pick on air. Franklin is the best 0-9 team in the state. They get their first win against Summit Friday night. Uh, that With that, I will also add, uh, just to tease Scott a little bit, go Big Orange and beat Kentucky. <laughs> I was going to tell you, you got something on your shoulder. You might want to flick it off. Yeah. <laughs> it says, tis our season. It should just say, feels like 98. <laughs> Why not? I'm I'm a Kentucky fan enough to know that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, just to shut yeah. up yep. and yep. watch yep. the game. <laughs> All right. There's no game like a Bushwood and I never slice. The words of one Judge Smales and Caddyshack. If you don't know that reference, please go look it up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what a great regular season we've had so far. It's been one for the record books. There's been a lot of fun games, a lot of great performances by great players. Um, Mr. Football Awards are being – those nominations are due Friday. And there's going to be a lot of tough choices around this area because there's been a lot of great players putting up big numbers this year. It's not been that typical kind of year where you have a, a outstanding player in most classes. A Malachi Dow at White County, sure. Uh, there are others, though, that aren't as clear-cut. So, you know, when we go and talk about Mr. Football, it's only a regular season award. So these 11, these 10 games are all that counts. The playoffs do not matter. Just keep that in mind. Even though they're handed out after the Blue Cross Bowl, the playoffs are not considered for these awards. So what your favorite player is doing in the regular season is all that matters. So if he's in contention for one of those awards, he's got to lay it on the line this week if he wants to have another strong case at it. So looking forward to getting out to Friendship Christian on Thursday and Green Hill on Friday. Big games in Wilson County and big games all over the place, as the guys mentioned. Um, what a great week for it. Should be great weather for football in week number 11. And with that, our regular season shows are done. I can't believe it. All no right. Tears, guys. Don't be no sad. Tears. Don't be, don't be <laughs> sad. We got playoff football coming. Oh, playoffs. yeah, the best is yet to come. 
Playoffs? <laughs> talking about playoffs? Yeah, all the you. joy, all the joy, tears, uh, blood, sweat, everything. It it all it all culminates into these next five weeks, guys. Somebody cue up one shining moment. Oh no, we're not there yet. <laughs> that's that's going to be in December, Scott. Come on now. Come on now. Let's not do that yet. All right. For Tom, for Cam, for Scott, I'm Chris. Thank you so much for watching the Mid-State 48 Powered by Miracle Auto Group. We'll talk to you on the scoreboard show Saturday morning with scores, with highlights, with brackets. Yes, brackets. We're going to have those as well. And the interviews from key coaches and players from those big games on Friday. Take care. Enjoy the football and enjoy the weather. We'll see you guys later. Stay safe, everybody. Oh, my God.